Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Ah. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. (laughs) Tonight, we got them. Goldie and the Salt. This is a chemical, chemical, disgusting, 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 Oh, welcome back to episode four of a typical disgusting display with Goldie and the Salt podcast for writers by writers who hate writing. We're joined as always by our producer, JC Brooks. Say hello, JC. Hello. Yes, I wanted a little British accent and I got it. You can't resist. It's like a, if a tick. A, if there's an O, I have to put it there. It's, it's, it's not Australian. Have to say hello. You don't have to say hello because he tells you, by the way. <laughs> I know, but this you is You have old. total agency. <laughs> I appreciate that. This is old-fashioned broadcasting, so she does damn well have to say hello when hello? I say, say hello. I love that. Great accent. Oh, well, we're back. Episode four. Not quite soon enough for us to start talking shit about our wives, but a few episodes away. Not this one. You're Um, free to go ahead. No, no, that's not a solo mission, my friend. (laughs) I need you there with me. We're both getting killed. I wish I had something to say. (laughs) Me too, if I could think of anything. Uh, You didn't get a first joke of the day, Goldie. It's okay. She forgets about that. I'm about as good as marriage as I am at hair. I'm so distracted. Can I do it? Post haste, like no. oh, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Just keep your finger over that. Yeah, button. it's hovering. It, it deserved okay. it though. We'll put it out. It there. did deserve first yeah. joke of the day, yeah. which we have from our Family Guy writer Danny Smith. Very funny. Oh, well, it's an entire um, career of being overlooked. Why should this morning be any different? <laughs> this is a theme for you. Mm-hmm. Overlooked, personal. out of time. Is that what they say in Princess 1999? I don't know. I'm so bad with those lyrics. I've I've never understood what they're saying in that song. I would say I don't know the lyrics of any song. <laughs> no, that is also not true. You, Simon and Garfunkel, you could nail. They're easy. No, no. All right. Not well, all the we, way through. I'd miss we won't verse. go there because it probably costs us money anyway. If we start <laughs> reciting entire verses of Simon and Garfunkel songs. Um, Goldie, we talked about this last week. And JC, I'm still reeling uh, from the death of Gavin McLeod. Captain Stuving. Uh, he gone! Of, he gone. <laughs> and what better way to honor him? What, yeah, Ken the Hawk Harrelson tossing him out of this earth. <laughs> he gone. Um, it's been tough. 
Uh, but I've been coping by watching more and more Love Boats oh, wow. on Paramount streaming service, Paramount TV, movies, and so much more. <laughs> uh, I've been watching Love Boats. I just got to the end of season one. I started season two, and it felt like there was a network note between season one and season two saying, love the show. It needs more drama. Oh, wow. So mm. season two starts off with a two-episode cliffhanger with a hurricane where the crew is stranded on an island. With with Gomez playing a hoymet. Yes, John, John Aston. John yeah. Aston uh, playing a hoymet on the island. And he and at one point he utters the memorable line, Hey, have you ever thought about having a fling with a hermit? <laughs> <laughs> As one did back Which then. Is, I mean, that the ultimate yearbook quote. <laughs> That's great. If ever called upon to say anything, you you can't misfire. J.D. Salinger once said. Um, <laughs> so, it, but it was bad. And that kind of speaks to a thing of like, you can start to feel network notes in why things change. But Love Boat just needed to be Love Boat. If you take them off the boat, that's nothing. You have nothing yeah. left. Mm-hmm. So they took them off the boat, made it very perilous. Gopher gets hit by a falling uh, palm tree. Yes, <laughs> but, and the line is, "Look, a tree." <laughs> <laughs> and again, three writers per episode of Love Boat. Three writers. Had yeah, to, not to mention the people in the room. Right, right, right. <laughs> anyway, that said, I'm still thoroughly enjoying it. Ton of guest stars, '70s faces galore: Avery Schreiber, Barbie Benton. What's uh, David Burney? No idea. Husband of uh, Meredith Baxter Bernie back oh, in the wow. 80s. He wow. was, a, it was a, uh, uh, Lola Falana, all these great 70s names. Just, uh, I'm really enjoying it. And I feel like, I'm, uh, again, as we said last week, I'm putting piss from Gavin McLeod's grave back grave. in, putting yeah. it back I, into me. I will say that the, the <laughs> note part of it really to me highlights the, the paradox of what we do. It's like, so they go on a, a year long search for the best ideas. What should we turn into a TV show? And you're so great at it that they pick your idea out of all of them. And then they're instantly like, but this idea sucks and you're an idiot. Here's why. And right. it's like, well, then don't pick it. <laughs> right. It's all, it's nothing but praise until yeah. you're a you genius, you fucking idiot. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The tend to trap. Yeah. A couple other things. Uh, we had sort of, um, you know, one of those, you had one the other week, a rough patch with one of our dogs. Our yeah. dog, Chewy. Our dog, Chewy, our adorable little Brussels Griffon, uh, got a little sick. She's she's blind, so it's hard to know, like, when she's off or when she's just being blind. But this week in particular, we kept coming home to her just, like, face right into the corner, like the final shot of the Blair Witch Project. <laughs> and, like, we were just like, something's wrong. So... And it was actually a little more sudden than that. So what happens is I'm I'm walking downstairs uh, in the morning. Uh, this is like quarter of seven, even though I'm treated like I've slept in. Um, so I'm I'm walking downstairs, and the first thing I can see is I'm coming down my stairs. It's summer here on Cape Cod, so my wife is wearing shorts. She's wearing shorts. I'm coming down the stairs, so I see her legs, and I'm like, all right, this is going to be a good day. And I get down to the bottom, and she's like, you have to take Chewy to the vet. I'm like, oh. So, you know, of course, poor Chewy. Of course, I took her. But what happened? The only way that you get 
that it's decided who takes her is the first person to say to someone else they need to go to the vet, then doesn't have to go to the vet. Well, yes, I know. And, and in fairness, Tall had something to do at like 11, and my day doesn't really start until, you know, afternoon. Right, because you're so on the So it was kind of, yeah, I had to. But, but what happens in that moment, and I knew it was going to happen, is, you know, I have a very uh, with Jewish stomach and all. I have a very precise, timed-out process in the morning where I wake up, I make coffee, I go and sit on the toilet for 30 to 45 minutes. This is awful content. <laughs> no, it's great. It's, it's fantastic. <laughs> and watching YouTube and everything takes care of itself. And I, then I go and have a productive day. So the minute it's you have to take Chewy to the vet, all that's gone. Coffee, gone. Window, gone. Toilet, gone. So I take Chewy across the bridge. Goldie, you know what that means? Kind of yeah. far away. To the vet. Where the real people live who know stuff and can help. Exactly. Not the morons on the Cape. Yeah, I get it. Not, not the dilettantes who don't know how to tie a boat yeah. to a dock. The dildos who couldn't make it on the mainland who hang out a shingle near their house and call it a business. I know what that is. Wait. Yes. First Thank joke you. of the day. I'll First joke of the day. There it is. You got it. Danny Finally. Smith, thank, you. thank you. I'm paying attention. For honoring Goldie. Anyway, so you take him to the vet and still with the kind of tail end of COVID here, hopefully, you still have to park outside the vet. They come take your dog and you just sit there, which is actually preferable. Better. It's better than like being inside an office. So, but I'm sitting there for like two and a half hours waiting for Chewy to see what's going on. And that's, that's the time. That's the time in the morning when I need to download a file in order for my day to be, you know, successful. But I can't because I'm sitting there in my car. So you hold it, you miss your window, and then you take it out on your family for the rest of the day because I'm grumpy because I didn't take a shit. And, and, and then all it did was it put so much pressure, Literal. both physical and emotional, on the next morning because you're like, the next morning better be good. It's today. You know, I need it. And then, of course, the next morning is invariably like normal. And I'm like, what happened to the extra shit? Like, what happened? Where, where, where is it now? Is it just I, on my brain? I have a confession to make at this point. I haven't shit in 11 years. No, no, no. Is that I recently shit in my truck. <laughs> when you were driving cross country? So, because I had to drive cross country and I'm, I'm still paranoid. I'd just been vaccinated. I was still paranoid about these restrooms. So I got this thing called a Luggable Lou, which is a bucket and these bags with like gel in it that you can use the bathroom. Luggable Lou. Yeah, and I set up in the back of my truck like an area like... In an emergency, if I need to use this, here's the procedure that will take place. I will Velcro a blanket over the window of the truck cap. I will sit in this area. I have the luggable loo. I, and, I get, and so this was for an emergency only. So I leave for my trip. And I don't even get out of Massachusetts. Oh, no. I drive 70 miles. And I'm shitting in a bucket in the back of my truck. And by the way... Not that bad. And it, oh, it, it just made me realize, like, this fear I've had my entire life of this emergency. So I'm just saying, just get a bucket. Well, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Okay. You may yeah. have just answered this question, but can you sit on it or do you have to squat over it? No, you can sit on it. So you were resting cheeks the way you kind of would on a toilet. Yeah. That's I mean, amazing. you know, right. it was somewhat of a compromise. This episode but... is sponsored by Luggable Lou. Yeah. Luggable Lou. The expensive bucket. 
<laughs> it sounds like a 1950s character. Luggable Lou. <laughs> I mean, I, as I was doing it, I was sort of in disbelief. Yeah. And then uh, you just take this bag and you that's Ziploc, and then you're just. <laughs> It's someone else's problem. It's the Earth's problem at yeah. that point. I don't think I could ever. That's hysterical, by the way. But I don't think I could ever do that. Like I, the circumstances. Neither for, did I. What do you think? I, I was born going. I can shit in a truck. No, <laughs> I, I thought through it. I planned it out, and then I, I thought it was an emergency an hour later, and then I never did it again. I think psychologically, oh. I needed to know that I could do it. Oh, that's interesting. And then once I did it, I never needed to do it again. Oh, that's that's interesting. Hmm. Uh, I yeah, because I, in an my mind, interesting guy. In, yeah, I'm noticing that over these low these many years. Uh, yeah, I think I, my circumstances need to be pretty perfect. Obviously, when you need to take an emergency dump, like at well, LaGuardia or something, that just happens and it's terrible, and you have to do it. Uh, yeah, but for a normal, like I don't know if you remember at our house in L.A. The bathroom that I like to use was basically looked like you were shitting on Krypton. It was like all mirrors and <laughs> oh ceramic. It was great. It was like a, a weird fortress of, I called it my fortress of solid twos. Ooh, Thank you oh, very much. Nice. That's nice. Very nice. Very they nice. weren't always solid. Let's be honest. <laughs> all right, boy, we, we caught up with each other That's very great. quickly. And we're, we're already. And here I was wondering how we were going to begin the podcast. <laughs> and look at that. Stressed. It's, Lovable just thinking, content. like, I don't know if I have anything worth talking about. <laughs> and then you just carried the weight. With, with a sh- shit story. Awesome story of a missed turd. <laughs> yeah. That's Mr. Mr. to you. <laughs> um, so many. Shout out to Krista Luca. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crow portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. So, yeah, speaking of jokes, oh, I know it's early, but let's get into them. Let's do some Johnny jokes. Yes. Okay. So this is. I went uh, right down to the wire this week, by the way. Oh, I mean, I was I, writing like four minutes before we got on. This. Well, I bet they'll be good. And I'll, I'll tell you right now, I know last week you were saying, oh, mine aren't good and yours are good. Mine aren't good. I, I know it going in this week. I was, boy, just, just like a third starter on a team, just trying to gut out like an eight to seven win you know where i've given up i've given up four runs in the first inning but they leave me in 
I, I mean, I think the, the form of this makes it sort of inherent that you'll always think they're terrible. Yes. And there's no true. way to know. True. I mean, I could go first this week if you want to shake it up. No, I, I, I think mine are bad, so I want Great. you okay. to close. Great. All right, so this is the part of the show uh, where we do Johnny Carson-style monologue jokes. These are jokes that, that Goldie and I had to write a bunch of when we were first starting, to be clear, not for Johnny. Then we'd be legends yes. and very old. And super old. Uh, but we both started writing on The Late Late Show for Craig Kilborn, and you had to write monologues for him and news jokes for him. So these were a lot of the jokes. This that, is uh, sort of like in 1978 proving you can still make a cannonball. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, they might need it someday. <clears throat> oh, God, the vocal fry. <laughs> Vocal fry. No T-ball mm. game this morning. Let me get a little. No, this is just the pot. <laughs> no T-ball yet. That's tomorrow. We we, we recorded oh, right. on a Saturday That's last right. week. Remember? Okay. All right. Johnny jokes. <clears throat> oh shit. Little Tom Devani <laughs> shout out there. <laughs> uh oh boy. Okay. So this is uh, from around the globe. Uh, thousands of students in Hungary are protesting a proposed Chinese university campus in Budapest. Uh, gee, I think if you were hungry, Chinese would be a good option. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> That's, I, I, honestly, I don't know why I led with that one, because that was my favorite one, and now it's all down here, downhill. It's the reeds of Hungary and Hung- yes. <laughs> alone in that voice. You're... Yeah. All right. So now well, this, this, the sharp decline begins here. Okay. <clears throat> All right, more uh, Johnny jokes. Here we go. Uh, Stormy Daniels is uh, back in the news. Uh, earlier this week, the former adult film star said she would love to testify in the Trump investigation trial. Uh, she also said for an extra 200, she'd bang the gavel. <laughs> Good. Thank you, Goldie. Wow. Okay. I think I lowered, every, I lowered everyone's expectations. Uh, yeah, this is smart. Okay. Well done, well done. Here, here's one that, just looking at the length of it, I know it's not going to be great. Okay, here we go. <clears throat> a, a new GOP conspiracy theory alleges Democratic operatives in Italy used satellite technology to change votes from Trump to Biden. Uh, Democrats say this is preposterous and that President Biden and Vice President Guy from the pizza box were voted in fair and square. (laughs) Moving on. There we go. Thank you. Oh, that's our friend David Goodman. And he used to say that in the room when he wanted to move on. I get it. Okay, here's a much shorter one, by contrast. Maybe the same quality. Oh, boy. Royal news. Queen Elizabeth has invited President Biden to a lunch at Windsor Castle. Boy, somebody's really putting herself back out there. (laughs) (laughs) They were all great. These are good. No, wait. I got one more. Now see again. I should have just... I can't wait. I should have just ended. Boy, it's the same construction, too. This is embarrassing. Okay. Way worse. Uh, After making racially insensitive remarks, Bachelor host Chris Harrison has been let go by ABC, settling out for $50 million. Boy, that'll show him. (laughs) I don't get it. Moving on! (laughs) There we go. I mean, the whole podcast could be called Moving On. (laughs) Yes, totally. By the way, we'll we'll just take that last one out. Okay. 
on the put one it before. in twice. <laughs> <laughs> Loop right, it let's... and pretend. And I have I have another one. It's very similar to the last one. <laughs> and just keep playing it. Yeah. <laughs> oh boy. Okay. Uh, Goldie, uh, your turn. Jonathan Jokathins. Here we go. <clears throat> Inflation is shocking Americans in supermarkets and stores everywhere as the cost of everything rose 5% in May. However, there is some good news. My wife's alimony buys a lot less. <laughs> should, I should have said my ex-wife's alimony buys a lot less. Oh, <laughs> yes. But that's a perfect Johnny joke. Perfect. Because as as you know, Johnny was married to like three people named Joanne. And they, yeah. all, they all divorced him. Yeah. <laughs> But I rushed through and didn't say ex-wife, and I'll, I'll think about that forever and be angry at myself. <laughs> All right. An alligator made its way inside a Florida post office, and, it, uh, you know, it wasn't a huge disaster. He waited in line 45 minutes, got mad, then went to UPS. <laughs> Yeah, I just like I like picturing an alligator standing on his hind legs with his arms crossed, like looking annoyed. It's a far side more than a Johnny, isn't it? It's it's funny though. Funny. It's a smiler. Tales from the Johnny. It's a smiler. (laughs) Correspondent Jeffrey Tubin. Jeffrey Tubin is back on CNN after being suspended for masturbating during a Zoom meeting. Oh God. God. There it is, the rare story with two happy endings. <laughs> God damn it. That was great. That's, you that's it. handle the sex stuff is that it? deft touch. Is that the last one? Nice. Hell no. Oh. Oh. Uh, no. Oh. I also want to stay on too long. No, that, 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 that so was good. a great closer. Woo. By the way, I, I was look I was looking at that story for so long, trying to come up with something. I was think, saying he Googled his hard drive. You know, I I couldn't get there. Rearrange the so order. Good. So good. Look, I'm just gonna say these two. We 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 can do these next two, or we can always cut them. Okay. But I wrote them. It was fucking an hour of my life. Yes, yes, and I'm yes. Doing you deserve to do that. <laughs> I, I cut out some of mine. I cut out some shade. of mine. Here we go. Cut out a couple myself. <laughs> All right. Amazon CEO Jeff Bezos is spending a billion dollars to be carried into space by an entirely new spacecraft. And since he's a member of Amazon Prime, they're going to tape him in a cardboard box and return him for free. (laughs) (laughs) Those are great. Well, last one. Last one here. All right. Uh, Harrison Ford has begun filming the fifth Indiana Jones movie. It's 78 years old. Fifth movie. He's so old... How old is he? He's so old, he plays an archaeologist who digs up himself. (laughs) (laughs) There we go. There we go. Excellent. Excellent. Woo! There's Johnny. Yeah, by the way, when you when you started that Indiana Jones joke, I could smell himself coming. <laughs> I knew him. I knew yeah. himself, but I loved it. I, yeah. I, it's a great. It's a great joke. God, I have so much adrenaline right now. So you guys want to go out? <laughs> no, we're doing a podcast, John. We're doing a uh, podcast. Right I want to no, go no, get no. hammered. No, 
No, sorry, you got to sit in the dark for a no little No wonder while Johnny longer. was an alcoholic. It's friggin' exhilarating. Just so intoxicating. Uh, I'll send you a pack of Paul Malls. Yeah, I just talked about current events in a funny way, and now I want to go get laid. <laughs> 70s style. Oh, 70s style. I want to do it on my own rumpled blazer. <laughs> In a beanbag chair. Uh, that's so fun. God, great, and Goldie years were excellent. Well, excellent. It was, it was excruciating so, to come up with. So them, funny. I love you. that. As were yours. I love that part of the show. I, I do uh, look forward to that. It's the closest I, we get to, to doing stand up anymore. Yeah. yeah. Right, because yeah. you're forced to write these jokes. Yes, and and yeah. did some forced. did somebody say stand up? Did a did a <gasps> professional segwayer just segway the shit out of that? <laughs> wow, how did Segway-er. he do it? He does it time and time again. So yes, we are we're talking about stand up this week. We're going to talk about uh, many writers that we know and some we don't. They come from the world of stand up. It seems like it's kind of a you know, the way that Syracuse feeds into the sports broadcaster business, stand-up seems to feed into mm-hmm. comedy writing. And Goldie, you and I met over 25 years ago, 1996, doing stand-up in New York. That's right. We both started right around the same time. We used to go to open mics together. That's where you stand in line with a bunch of other comics and you just perform for each other. It's not for a real crowd. It's usually some inconvenient time during the day, but all the comics are there because they don't have jobs. But then we really solidified uh, the legend of our Butch Cassidy and Sundance was performing at Gladys's. <laughs> so Gladys's was, because it's now thankfully been raised was a comedy club right off of Times Square. And it was in the back of a restaurant called Hamburger Harry's, which is also long gone. And if you remember many years ago when there was like a truck on fire in Times Square, that was right where Goldie and I used to have to hand out flyers for Gladys's. (laughs) But, I mean, Goldie, we used to, obviously, you just wrote those Johnny jokes, some today, some over the course of a week. And when we were doing stand-up, it was not that much different. You would kind of sit around and we might not look for those stories because the stories we pick now seem just ripe for Johnny. Right. But you would still kind of like look at newspapers and things like that to try and get your your stand-up ideas. And so the writing part of it feels like it was almost the same. Well, when we started, there was no path that was independent right like you couldn't go on the internet and make a name for yourself you couldn't post funny youtube videos you couldn't go on tiktok you couldn't do instagram you couldn't do twitter so you were literally just trying to find fans yeah one by one in the city you lived in and and find some kind of acclaim among peers to uh attempt to get known and the only way to do that was to just hoof it to these horrible shows, which in a way is, is good training for becoming a writer because it's like, how do you become a good stand-up when no one will give you stage time? And how do you get stage time when you haven't done any stand-up? And it's like, how do you get a writing job when you can't, when you're not in the guild, but how do you get in the guild when you can't get a writing job, right? Like right. these are the sphinx riddles <laughs> of the career that we are in. Yes, totally. So, in our case, the fact that we both ended up at Gladys's, and let's be clear, everybody who has done stand-up has experienced 
the struggle of stand-up. Like everyone, everybody bombs, everybody plays for empty rooms at some point in their career when they're starting. But we just happened to land at a place that was only that. Like we weren't, there were people who would be passed at like, and passed means the clubs will allow you to come and do stand up on the weekends and you get paid and all this kind of stuff. Not very much money, but you get paid a little. And there were clubs like stand up New York, like Gotham, like those cool places downtown where the people that were passed there, they have nightmare stories about stand up, but we were at an, a much lower level <laughs> club. Like Gladys's was as as low as you could get. But I mean, um, that wasn't an accident because who else needed people who were just starting who weren't that good to get on stage in front of paid customers? I know. To be know. fair. Good point, good point. Well, no, it's, it's totally true, but I just feel like... I wasn't doing anything that should have been selling out arenas. No, nor was I, but I, I do think that it's important a context at least for kind of getting us that we have always been at the bottom of the river of shit of stand-up oh i'm <laughs> gl- still at the bottom of that river of shit. well but the thing is we don't really care about stand-up anymore i mean at least i don't i don't you oh know, i'm we- never gonna do it if i'm up on stage doing stand-up again something's gone drastically so I suppose you all want me to talk about the accident. I'm not going to do it. Well, you know, it's it's uh, to me the the one takeaway from stand up is that uh, ten people become millionaires and everyone else goes insane. <laughs> right. I can see that. That's what I learned. Sort of is that there were these people who who had some more natural facility for it than I did, or they started. Even when no one was good, they were somehow able to start with money in the bank with the audience, like Dimitri Martin or Mike right. Birbiglia or Chelsea Peretti, who they, they all started sort of concurrently with me. But they all seemed to like they would get up and the the audience was the audience was only ever with me joke to joke. If I said and I was performing a trick where I was trying to fool them into liking me with words until they realized they didn't like me. And hopefully I could outlast them. <laughs> right. And I, I, I know exa- you're 100% right. That's very well <clears throat> vocal fry. Nothing to do with pot. Um, <laughs> it's very well stated. Like it, 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 for me as well. And that's because, and you did this more than I did, but like I never put any effort or energy, which is both are required to be a really good stand-up, effort or energy into my onstage persona. I mm. I just sort of operated under the belief that it's like, here are these clever things I thought up and uh, which I hope is, you like is them. Which is a bit of a reflection of that time, though. Like the, yes. the sort of slacker Gen X oh, yeah. thing That's that was going point. around that was like, the less I can show you I prepare or care that almost is an identity unto itself. Yeah, and and again, that was, I think we did talk about this possibly on a test show, but like that was lucky for me that I happened to be very actually lazy (laughs) and that that appearing lazy was sort of in at the moment. So that mine was not an act in terms of- You had that Beatles pudding bowl haircut. Like you were and I'm putting this I wish I in quotes and God, I hate saying this to you. You were cute. 
<laughs> oh my god yes oh now if you could just cry after that that would be the perfect uh, thing I refuse but you, you know you're a handsome little fella <laughs> little fella little and uh i think i think there was there was sort of a, a young female thing uh you know i i appear you always like got a... some female attention i think that's fair to say oh well i was usually like in a terrible you know relationship that was just taking all of my time and energy, and energy. so Right, but I mean, with the audience, I feel like there, there oh. was like a, the, the audience did like you. E, I see. It's so funny because I think that about you, and I don't think no, that about they hated me. me. I see. It's funny. I don't. I don't think that the audience was like I, we could take him home and fix him, and he would just be perfect <laughs> to marry. Oh God! That seems like the, loving the, our, you, our, our friend's daughter. Right, but you're saying that about me, right? Oh yeah. Oh like, yeah. No, like, that's... You know, you just comb the hair, part the other side, <laughs> put an Izod V-neck on him, and he's totally presentable. <laughs> I know. To, to to be a dentist's son-in-law. Oh my God! I I <laughs> I tweeted a, a very long time ago that that dating me is like getting a beautiful uh, wrapped present and then opening it and there's a dead bee and cigarette butt inside <laughs> You're just like, the, the disappointed I, I will say every time i was brought home by a woman to be introduced in quotes i could visually see the parents totally reevaluating their prospects for no, their daughter no, in that no. moment and going okay so we may have to alter what we're that thinking and expecting here uh <laughs> and maybe it's it's sort of a more bohemian lifestyle and it's it's one that will require more tolerance and acceptance but you know fortunately her brother's the bigger <laughs> screw up so you know we can work with whatever this is because of his drug problem or whatever oh my god it was god. never it was never the home run well i i think again you're selling but that, yourself short. that goes putting it back to what we're talking about is i i felt that and i still feel that from the imaginary audience in my head. Yes. That it's it's like, yeah, maybe if I magically concoct this 14-word sentence that is amusing, you will briefly like me. And then we both know it will fall away is the second that laugh fades to zero on the monitor. I have to start again. So yes. I will, and I'm locked in a horrible cycle with comedy. Yeah. It's or like persistent. It, it's like you're fighting house to house. Oh, it's, it's like, Fallujah, yes. Yeah, house-to-house house <laughs> fighting. Yes. Um, yeah, but oh, so just let's paint a little bit of a scene of Gladys's and okay. what that was like. So in terms of the other comedian, well, first of all, in terms of the crowds there, they were, you know, if you if there were 30 people there, it was absolutely packed. It was, it was mm. Altamont. Yes. <laughs> Complete with multiple deaths. Oh. <laughs> well, I think I, I want to start a little bit before where you're starting, because for an audience Please. member to go in there, they would have to open the door to a hamburger restaurant, which smelled of mildew. <laughs> and it was yes. not clear where to go to go see no. comedy. Like you would walk in and you would just see the type of people who would go to Times Square to eat an $8 hamburger. Yes. In, in a room with when I say zero charm, it's it's impossible to to accurately convey the lack of consideration that was given to the decor of this place. It was no like warm tile floor. <laughs> yeah. So the acoustics were terrible. There was a, a a bartender who was just 
depressed. Yes. Sort right. of always rubbing a glass like in a Western. <laughs> right. And then there was a guy who sat at the bar, that guy, Tom, who you remember, Tom. who you would have to walk by this guy with maybe two teeth, shorts, a too yes. tight T-shirt, who would attempt to talk to you on your way in and go like, sorry, I've got a favorite comedy show. So you, to just to get to the back, right. you oh, would yeah. have well, to go cause, through. Cause, yeah, because you're walking in expecting a maitre d' to be like, monsieur, madame, please, <laughs> right. this way for the comedy show. But there's nobody yes, there. The there and, and even in the restaurant part, there's nobody there to seat right. you. So like if you just wanted to eat at the restaurant, it's a self-seating type place. You walk in, it's kind of cavernous in this weird room, very brightly lit. And you're thinking, what, where is it? And And we saw multiple times flyers that we would hand out to people fooling them on the street hey come to gladys's yeah. it's going to be great knowing full well it was going to suck <laughs> and then we saw them come in just to the restaurant and kind of look around and look at each other and then walk out so like we, smart so smart <laughs> oh absolutely so then there's a curtain yes and now what you're describing <laughs> is behind the black curtain that you would kind of have to of your own volition Intuit was the place where you were going to see comedy. Yes. And then open a black curtain where nothing was visible <laughs> behind it from this horrible restaurant to go to what's behind there. Is is and is it the Copa, Alec? I know. <laughs> no, not at all. And and we had to to your point, it's so funny, I hadn't thought about that curtain in a long time. But again, another point where we saw people bailing out was when they would push this curtain aside like they were in Scooby-Doo investigating <laughs> like a haunted house, reference. you know, yes. and just like looking in there and we would, and, and then we had this. And that too was an empty room. <laughs> yes. Another empty room, but, but almost pitch black. It like was a, very yes. dark Murder compared cavern. to how bright it was. It was yes. so dark. And, and then there was an old guy there to, to, to greet you, right? <laughs> I'm Igor? bursting with excitement. So yes. having walked past the first golem, this, Bald uh, uh, a guy with no teeth, uh, drinking a, a Michelob. Tom. Who's yeah? Who's talking to you? You then the first thing you see when you open this curtain is a hunched elderly man sitting in front of a lockbox. <laughs> That's right. Filled with filthy money in it, <laughs> and who says, "Are you here for the comedy show?" Oh, Arthur. Arthur, Arthur. of New York, and he's. <laughs> His spine is an ass. <laughs> <laughs> so it is like Igor. But, but back when they didn't know what to do with scoliosis, they just threw up their oh, hands geez. and said, this, this, this later is problem. <laughs> and so you're sitting in front of essentially a bridge troll. <laughs> yes. And he's not exaggerating. Like it, the, his appearance, again, was so off-putting. And he had clearly spray-painted spray painted his hair like a sort of uh you know uh like electrical closet gray like it was just <laughs> like a very unnatural color and it would be standing up in a, and he was a hairdresser in his in, in oh. the daytime by the way arthur of new york at rest in Weird. peace here you go <laughs> he would be greeting the people so again we saw many times Another point where people would turn around and leave right then when they they had braved the gauntlet of, of the restaurant and the sort of drunks at the bar. 
they had were bold enough to open the curtain and then, you know, hello. <laughs> and they just turned and bolted. They got out of there. So by the time our shows began or were in full swing, we would have maybe a dozen to 15 people. No, 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 Got to interrupt again. Yeah, go ahead. This is you're remembering a little inaccurately. What would happen was that the thought was the few people we got in the room, if there wasn't a show going on, there was the concern that they would leave feeling that 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 was their last point that they could. And so we would start the show with only two people there so that when other people came, they would see a show was going and that there was an audience of sorts. Right. And so often the show would start with as few as two people. Oh my God. Yeah. And so you and would I, go and on stage and be like, hey, <laughs> you know. Uh, can yeah. I ask a question? Um, sure. What is it that would keep you going? Like, how, why would you keep going, putting yourself This was the this? only way to, to do stand up. Yeah. Well, and I think she's, JC's asking, why would we keep doing stand up, right? Yeah, it seems yeah, like it, really and that's, brutal. That's a legit question. But it, for me, it was because, like, I didn't. I could get away with not having a real job if I did that all, yeah. you know, as much as we were, which again, wasn't like 24 seven, but you would do it every day. You would yeah. try. Um, so if I could do that, then you could sort of blow past the uh, parental concerns of like, what are you doing for money? And you're like, eh, I'm trying chasing a dream, yeah, okay. you know? And also like, I didn't want to work at Barnes and Noble, no offense. I mean, I'm sure that as far as like those kind of jobs go, it's great. But like, I just didn't want to, I didn't have it in me again. I'm incredibly lazy. <laughs> so if I could just float through and do stand up, and maybe something good would happen, that was my plan to the extent that I had a plan. Yeah. I mean, that for me, it. my day jobs were always so bad and bleak that this <laughs> itself was a nirvana like compared the to sitting in offices in cubicles. I get it. Doing this kind of like minor IT work, which we can do a whole episode about these these jobs coming yeah. up. Um, but it, you know, I really at one point believed and thought that I could be the next Robin Williams. Yeah, and that's important because I was deluded. Yeah, well, I mean, it's well, total it's important delu- to deluded. have that. <laughs> I don't know. You're you're probably. I mean, you are. You're a better writer than Robin Williams. I don't know, but I'm no not offense. Gonna, you're I'm very not funny. Gonna sit on a podcast and compare myself favorably <laughs> to Robin Williams. <laughs> <laughs> it's a funny. It's a funny thing about Robin Williams, though, especially. I don't know. I, just in the world, in comedy, in, at Family Guy, in our world, there's a tendency, and I definitely am guilty of this as well, to shit on Robin Williams. Not I think me. to say, to I uh, well, okay, yes, you're you're a better human, but I'm saying there's a tendency <laughs> among people that we work with and me to say Robin Williams, what a fucking hack, you know, and and to kind of go through some of his movies and be like, oh my god, or see his guest appearances, and you're like, I can't stand him. He's going to drive me crazy. Then. Our friend John Viner, who's not asked to be part of the show. <laughs> Does he even know yet? He has no idea it's happening yet. Um, but he was host, or no, he was working at Stand Up New York. I remember because he's mm-hmm. he's like six five, ha- handsomest guy in the world. So of course, like he's getting passed at normal places while Goldie and I are at the uh, you know Island of Misfit Toys. And uh, so uh, Viner says, gives me a heads up and says. Um, Comic Relief was that weekend, and he said there are going to be some bigger comics in here to, like, test out their stuff. And Stand Up New York is a small club. So I went in on his recommendation, and it was like, 
everyone who came up. Like it started with like Caroline Ray. Okay, she's not like a household word to everyone, but she was, I knew who she was she and she show. was hysterical. Mm -hmm. And then like it just kept going up and up and there was somebody from SNL and then Ray Romano came in and this is 19, you know, 96 or seven, killed, just absolutely destroyed for like 20 minutes. Everyone was dying. Then they bring up Chris Rock is next. He kills for like 45 minutes. Then, hey, we, ladies and gentlemen, we have a surprise. Robin fucking Williams oh. in this like 30-person club, or however big it was, a little bigger than that, comes up, destroys for an hour. People literally like tearing their... It was like Beatlemania in there. <laughs> yeah. And I'm watching him, and I was like... I am a moron to 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 judge this guy and any look at what he is doing and what I will never ever be able to do and look at him and 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 that was probably just toss a tossed off hour that he did every time he went up and absolutely destroyed so as much as I shit on him I you know I got to give him the ultimate respect one of the cool things about stand up is if if you do do it and you hang out at clubs like you can legitimately interact with the biggest stars of it eventually and i i actually met robin williams twice um and the first time so when i graduated college i went and kind of like got this weird job up in the bay area but at the time i was a really serious runner and so i got this book and it was like all these runs to do in san francisco and one of them was the passages was written by robin williams and it was like you know you go up by coit tower or whatever so i took this run so then cut to like Three years later, I'm living in New York. I'm at uh, 72nd and the, and the east side of the park, the stoplight there. And I'm just kind of like waiting for the light to turn. And I look and jogging in place next to me is Robin Williams. Cool. Oh, and I'm like, hey, man, I took your run. And he's like, whoa, what? And I was like, there's this book of runs. And I took your run up by Koi Tower. And he's like, oh, you must be a crazy motherfucker. I just put that in there because I thought no one would take this run. And here you go. And so I'm like. <laughs> running with Robin Williams in Central Park in 1998. Wow, like we're, I'm, I'm running with my my fucking idol. Like I used yeah. to go to the Museum of TV and Radio. I think get the tears ready. I, I used to go to the <laughs> Museum of TV and Radio and check out this guy's specials because there was no YouTube. You couldn't get video. And I yeah. would sit and and laugh in a in a booth by myself at this guy. And I'm running with him. I'm taking a jog with my fucking idol. And we're just talking about comedy and he, cause he's like, Oh, what are you doing? And I was like, Oh, I'm trying to do stand up." He's like, Oh, and he, he's running with me and oh, being yeah. like the nicest guy in the world. And then about around 78th street, he was running so slowly. I was like, I got to get away from this guy. Uh, that's so funny. So, but so I, I loved him obviously even more after that because of course the guy would take the time. And so then cut to like a year later, it was a similar situation. Yeah, he was doing a show at Stand Up New York. And my buddy and I got wind of it and we're like, well, we're going to show up and sneak in. And so he shows up 20 minutes early, but it's just him. And so we're sitting outside. He's like, oh, you guys young comics? And we're like, yeah, yeah. And he's like, oh, I really admire you and all this stuff. He's telling us how much he thinks it's great we're doing stand up. My friend's holding the book for uh, Papillon. We start talking about the movie Papillon. And then he goes in and and destroys beyond anything I've ever witnessed. That's amazing. And so uh. I I will say that like, as much as I will shit on stand up, if we do a thousand episodes, I will shit on it for a thousand and say it's not worth your time. You're wasting your life. Don't do as I did. I will say it gave me these moments that were 
unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's beautiful. And and listen, my, my grandfather's in the room and that story just made Pappy yawn. But, <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, that's a, I love you. Listen again, Robin Williams has so much, uh, all of my respect, not that he needs it. No. Watching him perform like that. He was, it was insane. And it, and it makes you realize this thing about comedy. I think we've talked about this before that I think going into doing stand up, I was like, I'm smarter and funnier than pretty much everyone. So this is going to work out well. Excuse me while right. I start this unbelievable career. And the truth of the matter is, if you watch somebody like before stand up, if I had seen like Jeff Foxworthy do something, I would have been like, look at this idiot. After doing stand up, I watch him. I'm like, this guy is a genius and amazing at what he does. Yeah. Like, I will never be. He took that character and got the most and best out of it and knew exactly what he was doing in terms of, like, capturing a huge audience. And that's the kind of shit where it's like, I can't do that. No. What audience am I going to capture? The uh, the uh, Indiana Jones hat-wearing crowd at Zabar's? <laughs> well, it's like... <laughs> Starting to mind my old routine a little bit. <laughs> You and I are not going to find a lot of people like us. I, I think you mean who like us. <laughs> right. But I mean, someone like Jeff Foxworthy, I, I would say if you're trying to start doing stand-up, you've got to find this thing in your identity that is specific, succinct, easy to understand. and Yeah, a point of view. Natural. A point of view. Yeah, and it has to like have a Venn diagram overlap with the audience somehow. Whereas, like, right. I think you and I approach it as an intellectual exercise, as a means to an end a little bit. That, right. Like, we want the stuff that comes along with it—the writing job. Right. Um, you know, because the first second anyone threw you a writing job, I think you were like, "Why the fuck am I doing stand up? Am I yes, right?" Totally. I the minute uh, you know. I, I got a, a a real job uh, on the Kilborn show. I was like, yeah. okay, bye-bye stand-up. Because I remember coming out and seeing you, and it was like, wow, man, he has a one-bedroom apartment. That's right. He has a nice sweater. <laughs> <laughs> Which you would own two years later. Uh, right. And, <laughs> and that, you know, you and I, th I think we're like, it came from a generation that was very career minded. Uh, there was familial or parental pressure to monetize everything. As ooh, let's pronounce that again. Monetize. 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 Ooh, that's like how do you how do you gauge the value of a porn site? <laughs> monetize. How do we gotta monetize. I love Goldie. that. Worst joke of the day, worst. <laughs> no, do the Sarah quote. She's, she's, you're terrible she's, at what you're paid to do. There we go. Thank you, Sarah. It for is reminding possible me. To, to jerk off silently. <laughs> like it's just not even accurate to say we we're going to monetize it. But I. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 
Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I think, you know, you know when people talk to me about stand-up and they're always trying to hedge their bets a little bit, I think going into it is, is they say like, well, you know, I don't, I'm, I'm trying to do this other day job, you know, cause in case standup doesn't work out, you know, the only thing I, I, I can really respond to that is whatever day job you have, there's someone taking that job as seriously as you're taking standup. Like even when I was working in supermarkets, there were people who were like, had their eyes on the manager and were like, if he slips up, I'm going to have Terry's job because yeah. <laughs> he makes $48,000 a year. Uh, was just, it Terry? His name was Terry. Yeah. Nice. I love that. You know, it's a New England guy named Terry. And I just remember him. It's it's like the, the type of boss that has fortunately been almost like legislated out of existence <laughs> where he was like, you know. Look at all those hot girls. <laughs> like there's a one way mirror to the okay. cashier. He's like, okay. I get to look at these girls all day. <laughs> and then he and then he was also in the same thing. He was like, and I and every night I can take a ring of shrimp home. Because <laughs> <laughs> the shrimp they're going to throw away, right? Yeah. So it's yeah. like this guy's view of the world was like, everything's so great. You get to look through... <laughs> A one-way mirror at women all day, kind of down their shirts because you're at an elevated perch. The women of the Boston area, no less. Yeah, <laughs> and then at night you're just gorging yourself on almost expired shrimp. <laughs> I live in the dream. Right. So it's all about perspective. Well, so that's why when you ask how can we stay in this, the, yeah. the extremely long-winded non-answer we just gave you is, I think that like. What are the alternatives? Yeah. Yes, that's a, that's one hundred percent right. I um sorry. I just the other thing that I noticed between comics or people in comedy and working on shows that have to do with comedy is that everybody that started together they created these relationships, including you guys. And into the future, you guys so all right. take care of each other. You've been through the trenches together. Well, that's that's true, and that was what I was uh, a point I was going to bring up after. Um, Goldie's last point, which is so much of doing comedy for me and for you and for a bunch of the people that we know was literally just like making friends and getting the respect of those other people who you were coming up with, because here we found ourselves 20 plus years later and we so many of us are working together, or working or, you know, writing. We're all kind of like in this same area. So stand-up is a good place to, to meet people like that. And I know, you know, one person gets a job, which leads to a, another person getting a job. And then it, it just, it all kind of like people sort of migrate together. And of course, uh, we got to work with Brody, Brody Stevens. I mean, yeah. like we can't, we can't talk about stand-up without talking about oh, Brody Stevens. It's classified as work, just doing open mics with, with Brody, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and what's funny, because I was thinking about Brody, because I knew we were going to talk about him today. And um, when he showed up, people did not like him. Oh, oh, you mean other comics? Oh, yeah. Like, oh, they, I never, he, I, I was he, unaware of that. 
Yeah, he came in and he had kind of an attitude because he'd had a, a public access show in Seattle that I guess had been some with, kind of success. With Tana. Yeah, Tana. And <laughs> and that he found like everyone was, was kind of like, well, who's this guy? And, you know, he wasn't getting spots. And that's why he started his own mics. So just for for those of you who don't know, Brody Stevens, uh, who sadly, we, and we won't give him a he gone because he was way no. too young to be gone. He passed away a couple of years ago. He sadly took his own life. I think he he was open about battling depression and, you know, being on medication a lot. But when he was alive and doing stand-up with us, there was nobody made me laugh harder than Brody. Like, nothing... First of all, he was funny on stage. Like, his material was not... You know, he kind of rode the same material for years and years and years, but he was much more about his energy and and like as he would say on stage comedy is energy people you should be laughing on cadence alone he would yell at the audience he would just say the subtext yes (laughs) (laughs) exactly and and then wait to see what happened and then i I just say the subtext again and then wait to see what happened and then tell a weird joke that was kind of good and then just say the subtext again and i think he you know he was the only person i cared to watch after i've been too. doing it a while because you you just come to know what everyone does it's no it's like i i don't know that a lot of magicians are gonna go watch magic right when it's like there's right. a tiny hole in the ring i know that right so that's how you're maneuvering it with all the other rings and yes. you know like you're there's a secret pocket in that bag that has a second egg in it you know <laughs> right 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 uh, Everyone else, I kind of understood what they were doing, even if I couldn't replicate their success. I, I could at least uh, demystify it to myself. And, and and But he was the only one who you'd lose yourself and you'd actually forget you were a comic. Totally. That's and amazing. give you that experience that you... It, it's like, you know, 10 years into being an alcoholic, finding a new drink you like. <laughs> yes. <laughs> And he did it every time. Like every time I saw him, I had the same level of excitement and giddiness. And part of it is that, you know, nasty instinct inside of me that enjoys watching something go so off the rails because he was so often, you know, the minute an audience would, in his mind, turn on him and then he would start shouting at them, like that was just glorious. In, In a way... It's a little bit like John Viner, again, who was not asked to be part of this show. Um, when John was a very funny stand-up, wrote a lot of very funny material for himself, but was always hilarious when he would go off the rails and be incredibly upset. There's something yeah. just funny about that because it's unpredictable. And also it's, also it's not threatening to other comics because... You're like, oh, okay, yeah, I'm not, I'm not that. I'm not doing that. That's nothing like what we, we don't overlap. So watching them go was always one of the great pleasures. And again, we work with, uh, we still work with John Viner, you know? And I think the thing with Brody was that like, it really didn't matter when you defined for him, okay, you're on stage and okay, it's over. Cause he would get off stage and then he would, we would take these walks, whether it was from show to show or like after the show to we would go to the donut shop on 14th and 8th. I don't even know if it's still there, but like, and he would just be doing the exact same thing he had been doing on stage. And there was this thing in him 
where he would always like touch your elbow like he needed this like constant contact and you'd just be walking in the street with a he was a big guy kind of big bellowing guy in jean shorts who was <laughs> the world was like uh an aquarium to him that he would just comment on everyone and everything he passed in kind of a funny absolutely. way absolutely like, every Yank. thought that was on in his head would burble up and then he'd be like grabbing your elbow as you're walking for miles but somehow like really engaging with you like it wasn't just some sort of you know uh, yeah you know he would always be like sharp <laughs> i don't yeah. know you know like yeah, no, and and, and, and then a lot of it was just bitching about not being accepted enough. I don't know totally. what it is with these guys, Sharp. Like they just don't like it. They don't like me because I'm confident. You know, it's like all the stuff that we walk around thinking that you go, I do, I would never say this to anyone. Like right. you know, like but I know why so people don't like me. They're 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 jealous. <laughs> they wish they were as quick as I. Well, sorry, I'm quicker than you. <laughs> like I would yeah. Never say any of this well you just did but the the funny thing uh, about his and it was so unlikable <laughs> and it didn't work <laughs> his stream of his st gobrody's stream of consciousness you brought that up is is you're so right like you'd be walking with him somewhere and uh you'd pass people on the street you'd pass a woman who had like a pink Yankees cap and he'd, he'd walk by you're like pink Yankees cap, good energy, like it, positive. Okay. You know, like he would just, and the people would kind yeah. of hear it and register and sort of nod, but he would just everything in the street. He would do that. Brody Stevens was a fucking legend. Like I don't, I don't miss many people in life. I miss my uncle Peter. I miss John Candy and I miss Brody Stevens. Like I just miss seeing him do stand up. No I'm, one I'm, would have been funnier during the quarantine. Oh, just he would have broadcasting daily, hourly, minutely meltdowns. Um, but Brody was a legend. And I think if we want to just tie up, it, it wasn't it was a very loose theme. It was an excuse, let's be honest, for us to start talking about stand up. I'm sure we'll talk about it many more times. I don't but... even think we, we barely got into the room of Gladys's. We just we didn't. We just set the scene. You, but yeah. you leave them you leave them wanting more. Yeah. And, and and spoiler alert, the shows were awful. <laughs> but we'll get there at some point um let's uh jc get into a few twitter questions about okay. uh stand up if you have some yes okay so daniel gutierrez again at d oh, gutierrez thank you daniel yes how many times do you allow a joke to fail at an open mic before you decide to revamp it or drop it completely i don't know that there's a hard and fast rule i think if i liked the joke i would keep telling it because sometimes open mic crowds are a little bit weighted against you. Uh, it, it's other, like uh, feeding food to chefs that right. they might not like it, but that doesn't mean that people won't want to eat your hamburger. Yes, Got it. exactly right. That's very well said. So I think at an, in an open mic setting, if something's not working but you believe in it, put it in front of a crowd. If it keeps not working in front of a crowd, then maybe you say forget it i would but. say open mics are more for gaining confidence and less for making editorial decisions oh. that's a good point too boy look at that we need to go to these questions earlier yeah. suddenly we're suddenly we're succinct yes we're making sense um should i move to the next question sure so this is from the monk at port austin surf all right. A lot of questions. One sec. Is the life of a comedian a constant quest for the next great bit, a never-ending search for killer material? And who do you bounce it off of before you take it to the club? 
Well, the first two answers are for sure yes, I would say. For real comics who make their living doing stand-up, and, and God bless the ones who are incredibly successful. But I, I know, having met, and Goldie, you've met many of the top comics, yes, they would say they're always looking for that next great bit. Isn't that true? I'm still looking for the first great bit. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Yeah, and Excellent. you just test it off. I mean, to me, it was there was a lot of, I, I feel like you and I would bounce stuff off each totally. other. Totally. That, 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 again, is maybe a good use of open mics, is that not to make editorial decisions on am I going to do this or not, but other people who are peers can help you maybe polish that stuff into something that will be better. Nice. Totally right. Totally right. And, and yeah, again, it's other comics you bounce stuff off, but not necessarily like in an open mic. It's more like online or at the bar or something like that saying, I'm, I'm thinking about this new thing. Or someone will come up to you like, I, I Goldie, I remember I would come up to you after your sets and say, you added this new thing. I really liked it. You know, so you'd kind of. And I would fan myself and say, why, thank you. <laughs> he was, oh, he was <laughs> so alluring back in those days. <laughs> um, all right. What else we okay, got? This is from, I think it's Bravura S. Oh, I like this guy. Yeah. Yeah. When you come up with a joke that makes you laugh every time you even think of it, how are you able to keep yourself from laughing when performing in front of an audience? Sounds like you're very funny. <laughs> <laughs> but but you kind of know what he means, though. Like, yeah, it, it, I would say, like, enjoy that excitement while it lasts because it will last forever. It's like. Well, but he, How do you we, deal with it when you and your wife have too much sex? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let me know when that's a problem. Um, yeah, no, but that even happens to some extent with some of these Johnny jokes. You know, if, if there's one or something that's making me giggle all week and then I start, you can start giggling when you're reading it now. Of course, this is a little bit somehow lower stakes. It doesn't really have the appearance of being like a thought out show it certainly doesn't this week but uh yeah i think you ride that and maybe just hope to like jimmy fallon it up or tim conway it up and make your laughter about your own joke somehow kind of like an adorable people enjoy genuine enthusiasm i wouldn't True. worry about it but i would say don't force it because Not there will come a point where you feel it's 50 50 in your head and if you start doing it artificially death death terrible yeah people can smell that right away but good question all right yeah um and this one i'm, I'm not sure what uh, maybe you understand the question but it's the last one it's from at real tim ferguson okay uh why do stand-ups hang around in clicks hmm. i couldn't tell if that was it's sort of a vestige funny. of the uh new york city of the warriors it's, just, <laughs> it's kind of a weird question because you go so uh, should 400 people hang out all together at the same time or everyone's supposed to be separate in a pod? Because people just find groups of like four to ten. I don't know, yeah. man. I know. I'm, I... I'm, I'm trying to think of some comedy pun on sharks and jets, but it, it only involves Jews and I can't think of the other one. So I don't know. Yeah. Comics like to hang out after shows. You know, they'll go to, the, to a bar together or they'll drink at the bar where uh, the show is. And I think that honestly has a lot to do with it. If there's drinking involved, you're just more naturally going to be hanging out with those people. So if you go and do a stand-up show, invariably there's a bar. 
and and usually you'll get a couple drinks and the other comics will get a couple drinks so you're pretty well lubricated you're making each other laugh and then it sort of turns into well come down with me to this thing or meet me at this thing and it's it's actually it was a nice community if it weren't for all the like resentment backstabbing and you know <laughs> all that shit i'm but still was, angry about certain people who i feel name them made. name them all right hurry, now hurry. no don't <laughs> that's don't. a separate we're going to cut out there um that was that was fun. Those were good Twitter questions yeah, this week. Thank you. And and questions. now we're we're going to move on to the uh, the very highly rated portion of our show, <laughs> which is uh, our top five list. It's uh, we're, it's our show closer. And Goldie, you suggested the topic this week, yeah, which I think is great. We why don't you tell the folks what it is? Yeah. So it's the top five things you used to think were fancy growing up that actually aren't. Does it reek of privilege? Maybe. Maybe a little bit. Actually. That's okay. Good point. But is it <laughs> right? Yes. Totally right. Where just growing up, certain things you were in awe of, and then now as an adult, you look at it and you're like, ugh. So yeah. that's kind of what this is. And I, I, I like this topic a lot. Um, yeah, that was great. L- let's see. Uh, I, you know what? I'll go first because I, I don't, I liked the topic. I don't have a ton of confidence in my answers, but I, okay. I, I think I can speed through them here. So top five things we used to think were fancy but are not. Number five, after dinner mints. Am I allowed to start talking about my list? Yes, yeah, sure. <laughs> Number five, after eight dinner mints. Oh, yes. I <laughs> Unbelievable. Love I love that you specified. By the way, you get extra points for specifying after eight. I wish I had remembered it, after It was eight. my parents. It was these are for company. And then <laughs> the dinner's going to end. And then as the piece de resistance, I'm going to bring out. The after eight. Precisely as the clock ticks past eight, I will coordinate it. So I am bringing out after eight dinner mints. You can buy them at CVS. I know. They're not fancy. I know. And you just see rows of Andy's candies and you're like, oh my God, in my youth, in my youth, I, that green wrapper, it was oh. like, it's finding an emerald. I love Andy's. And the, remember those ones, of course, that were in the dish at restaurants? They also seem fancy mm, and we're yeah. not. Okay. Yes. Number four, penny loafers. Oh. Hmm. Yeah. Penny loafers were the shit when I was, you know, growing up and when I had some kind of event where you needed to be a little bit fancy, the penny loafers come out. And now I I, even just thinking back on it, it's only a penny. Like it's not (laughs) it's not like I'm sticking a hundred dollar bill in there every time. It's a fucking penny. So and and the the penny loafers sort of. Gross from an era where you go, I have so much money, I'm just putting it in my shoes for you to see. <laughs> you broke piece of shit. <laughs> I'll show you. Yeah. How much money do I have? Well, I won't be needing these two. I won't be needing this tuppence. Okay, so number three. And you can see that a lot of mine are like, I'm circling the late 70s. A minor, the exact same. Minor yeah. 80s, I think. No. Oh, right. well, you're very young. Uh, number three for me is prime rib. Oh. Uh, this, okay. I'll when I get to mine. I'll am I torpedoing your list? I don't mean no, to. No, okay. but I'll, I'll, I'll cannibalize it. I'll, I'll, hustle, I'll hustle past it. Prime rib, it was just something that was touted, highly touted at every restaurant, and now you know that, that it just means nothing. It was just a term of Thick. the day to get you to pay more. Takes... I, 
yeah. each bite is maybe 50 chews to get down. <laughs> right. <laughs> I know that's the worst. Oh, my God. What a good point. Um, okay, number two. Martinelli's sparkling cider. Oh, very fancy. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> you guys are twins. It's, it's going to be eerie, but go uh, on. That's, I love it. I love it. Okay, so that speaks for itself. It was sparkling. It was supposed to look like champagne. You were a kid. You couldn't drink champagne. It seemed fancy. <laughs> it came in a bottle. All right, number one, and Goldie, I, forgive me if this is on your list. Number one, fancy but not, A1. Oh, I hate that answer. That's <laughs> number one. I, guess I, I no, mean, no, no. A1 is legitimately one of the five best things in my life. And the older I get, it's it's the nostalgia of eating it is it's like a food Xanax to me. Where I put oh, it I on love it. Everything now. I love I, it. I, and uh, by the way, yeah. I put it in Bloody Marys. You know that. I love it. I, okay. I think it's well, I think amazing. it's great. And I put I still use it for steak, but it is not fancy yes. and i used to think it was because okay. it was at cloth on the table restaurants and then yes. i realized oh shit you can have like half a bottle in your fridge for seven years and it's fine <laughs> yeah well I all right i'm done with coming. my list and so list. so goldie do you want to go next because i'll go you have so there's much so much common? overlap okay so so we can speed through my number five after eight dinner mints. <laughs> <laughs> number four limousines oh, oh. yes God, horrible right. to be in the back of them yeah Yes. Uh, just, it's, I mean, everything about being in the back seat magnified, it's just worse. The total lack of control. It's so bad. Horrible lighting. Just, it's not yes. fun to ride the in worst. them. The worst. Um, and, the smell and then, of puke. like, the, the people who, who drive them are, are gen, generally, like, unsavory. They're locked in Miserable. a bizarre lifestyle. Yes, and, uh, always smell like cigarette smoke in those things. Yeah, and, and it's like you can't pull over where you need to go <laughs> when you do get That's a whole parking thing, and then it's terrible. They're terrible. But if they had if they had that boomerang antenna on the back that indicated there was a TV yes. inside, even more <laughs> seemingly fancy. Yeah, exactly. Wow, good. Memory. It's a Lincoln. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yes. That's a good point. It's, it's a not Lincoln. that great. Uh, number three. Silk sheets. <laughs> Not fancy. <laughs> yeah, it's really it's terrible. It's sweaty, yeah. awful. Very and I, I would include silk boxers in that. Like, <laughs> Yeah. And just, also, I mean, not to get graphic, but they're not, they don't, they don't handle sperm well, silk <laughs> oh, anything. That's true. <laughs> it's like, no. it's just and you makes want to bring that to extra, the dry cleaner and yeah, you know you've bad. just done it. <laughs> I know. It's Sheets really gross. I'm not sure what got on here. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's jizz. <laughs> uh, and number two, so again, this is eerily. I, I'm just going right at it, though. Forget the Martinelli's. I'm saying champagne. Nice. Ooh. Champagne yes. itself. Instant yes. headache. Doesn't yes. taste good. Hate it. Hate it. Widely available. Like, not hard to get. Pretty cheap. It's very cheap. So not fancy, and and seems like yeah. You, you it, it, when you were a kid, if you heard popping of champagne, it's like fanciest place yeah. on earth, the Ritz uh, on New Year's Eve. But no, it's you could have it. It you know we could have it right now, and it would be yeah. eight dollars a bottle. Yeah, and number one, and again, there's overlap. I, I'm just going right at steak. <laughs> it's like when I was growing up, it's like we got London broil. <laughs> yes. We got sirloin tips. Uh, yeah. Just these cuts. And it's like, listen, it's I'm grateful to have food 
all, yes. all that. But steak <laughs> it's in, a, in and of itself, I it's love pedestrian. <laughs> it's meat. Yeah, right. it's just a hunk of meat. But I love it. You're right. London broil. I wish I had remembered that as well. Prime rib and London broil feel like they lived in the same world. Yeah. Of well, like... it's, it went to London at one point. <laughs> a lot of people have been to London. Oh, by the way, England, famously great food. <laughs> Tender meats. Yeah. That anyway, was a great list. Great list, Goldie. Yeah. yeah, very. Okay. Um, we have one overlap, um, but okay. I'll say that when we get there. And yeah. My list basically covers spans from when I was a kid to through high school. So. Sure, I, right. I'm very interested to hear your list. Okay, and it actually gives you an idea of my upbringing a little bit. So, okay. number five was pepper from a pepper grinder. What to me it was like <laughs> the most. Oh no! Fucking I fancy. feel so I feel so privileged now. Our list is terrible, Goldie. We're like, like widescreen TVs. You're and like, is this pepper no, grinder made of teak? No, yeah. It's like I just thought when we were at a restaurant, like, oh my god, can I just have? I didn't even care for pepper, but thinking of like at a restaurant yes. when they like serve it for you at oh, a yeah. restaurant. Great. Great like, SNL sketch. Yeah. You remember that Pepper <laughs> yes. Boy? Yes. Very yes. funny. Okay. Um, number four, uh, backstage passes or VIP tickets. Wow, that no. is a good one. <laughs> There's nothing more disappointing than like being backstage. Like if you've never done that and you think that is just all the glitz and glamour, it's shit. It's <laughs> just like hanging out and doing nothing, feeling awkward, dirty couches. I mean, but but yeah. does this come because you're you're kind of uh, you're in the music world? I'm I mean, in the Stu, music world. Yeah. However, so is that because it's now like you've done it so many times? Well, that. But I mean, you know, my upbringing was my parents were friends with like the Starship. I was surrounded. <laughs> I mean, I grew up in Mill Valley. <laughs> I was, grew up in Mill Valley. Lots of you know rock stars there journey all the stuff so being around oh. that was like i thought oh my god i can't wait it's so cool you know i'm gonna get to go backstage you know i never really did and then as i became an adult or even i just realized this is just filthy gross I, um, but wait a minute before you go goldie does this mean you've met arnell pineda no. Do you know who that is? I don't even it's the know. lead singer of Journey. That's Steve Perry's oh, replacement in Journey. No, he was that kid in the so Philippines yes. who like came out of nowhere. He sounds exactly like him. I, or as I call it, a Perryless Journey. Ooh, Go ahead. Um, I was I was just gonna say I was at one point by a, a very powerful friend gifted these the fanciest Clippers tickets you can buy. <gasps> oh. The face value was something like four thousand dollars courtside, and one of the perks of these tickets is before the game, they bring you into a room, and the room is just Billy Crystal and a bowl of shrimp. What? <laughs> That's what it was. That was the room? He it was, was, it was, I, we were the only ones in there, and there was shrimp. Well, wait a well, minute, though. Wait, are you gonna, are you gonna blow Robin Williams and shit on Billy Crystal? I just want to yeah. know. No, I didn't even talk or vote. He was, okay, okay. So, he has actually, every right, but I'm saying that's, what they were holding up is right. like the fanciest things in the world is like, <laughs> and here, Here's Billy, Billy our biggest fan, and uh, and uh, shrimp. And Are you guess, impressed? And that's the perfect segue to my number three, which is shrimp cocktail. Mm, <laughs> yes, great, yes. awesome, perfect segue. So great, I, you know. Oh God, you're right. It's not fancy. It happens to be delicious it is, if you yes. get it right, but it's it's not fancy at all. Right, not particularly at all. if it's farmed. Yes, <laughs> oh, and frozen, well, lo locally farmed. Costco. Yeah. 
Um, all right. Costco's really two. taken the shine off a lot of things. Yes. Okay. Yeah. If you can get yep. it at Costco, is it even right, fancy you know, anymore? We see behind the curtain of life. JC behind the curtain. <laughs> I know. This is great. Behind the curtain. <laughs> That's so awesome. What a yeah. good answer, though. Yeah. I love Your list is by far the best. Go ahead. Oh, well, okay. And then number one is where uh, Goldie and I intersect is limousines. Yes. Yeah. A huge disappointment. I mean, yep. just the worst. You're sitting yeah. there, especially if you're a girl and you're, you're like going to prom and you're mm. wearing the little short dresses and all the girls are just trying to cover themselves and they've right. got blisters on their feet from their high heels and everybody's just gross. Oh. Yeah, and somebody's always sitting sideways or backwards who gets sick yes. because of it. <laughs> always, you know, like puke. that would be that would be me, by the way. Yeah. Um, but also, yeah, just just give me a town car if yeah. you're gonna if you're gonna limo me anywhere. Just put put me in the back of a regular Lincoln. I'm yeah. fine with I'll that. I'll drive myself. Yeah, or, or that. <laughs> oh, guys, we did it. We did another one. We did it. Woo! We I'm got it in under us. the wire. We said some funny things. I made some inappropriate jokes about our friend who's dead, <laughs> which we probably cut, and we'll have to cut that. Um, anyway. I cried again. You cried you again did? talking about Robin Williams oh, yeah. and how nice he was to you, which is awesome. Beautiful. I thought you were going to say in that story, by the way, when you were jogging with him and you told him, oh, I want to be a stand-up too, that his funny joke would have been if he had running. sprinted away. <laughs> <laughs> but you probably could outpace him. He was him, incapable so. of sprinting. Yeah, I think that's right. All those doubtfire pratfalls <laughs> hurt his knees. Anyway, guys, I love this. It's so much fun. Thank you for listening. Thank you two for doing this. Thank you. Um, Hey, can I just say our email? We have an email now. Oh, go ahead, please. Uh, A typical disgusting display, all one word, at gmail.com. Email us and let's let's just, let's bring this relationship to the next level. Yeah. Email us any questions you have about, you know, if you want to become a writer, the writing industry, any questions you might have about us and, you know, we answer them. Do not send a script. Yeah. Don't ever send a script. And, um... Um, yeah, yeah. Be, the Twitter handles will be on the podcast page. Oh, so sure. Well, I'll try to include yes. the Gmail as well. Zero followers. <laughs> um, all right, guys. Thanks so much. Let's get into the outro. Uh, 